<clears throat> like I promised you, we're going to start off all our classes uh, with some artwork. Um, so the first thing I want you to think about is let's look at this particular painting uh, and tell me a little bit about what you see. A sick child. Very good. That's actually the title of this. Uh, good. Very good. So, uh, and it's subtitled The Doctor. So, what is happening in here in this painting? What, what can you see is happening? The doctor's thinking very hard about what to do or what it is. The doctor is thinking very hard, absolutely. Um, he's trying to figure out what's going on. So, thinking about that and looking at a doctor dressed in this way uh, in a house, uh, what time period is this? Yeah, this is the 19th century. This is like the late 1800s, I mean, late 19, uh, 1800s, 1890s, uh, something like that, 1880s, something in that range. I can't remember exactly when this was uh, painted. And um, just looking at the way the uh, painter created this canvas, do you think that this is, that she just has like a little cold? No. No, no. This, is, this isn't just a little hiccupy sort of a thing, right? Because you didn't have doctors come to the house back then for little nothings. You had them come when something was not particularly good. So thinking about the time period, this is the late 1800s, what, give me a diagnosis of what most likely is going on here. Flu. Flu is possible. Who said something over here? Tuberculosis. tuberculosis, right. And back then, they didn't call tuberculosis tuberculosis. What did they call it? Consumption. Very good, consumption. So this was the most likely, now I, I actually, honestly haven't read about this particular painting, so I don't know if that's uh, exactly what this is, but most likely during that time period, a kid this sick um, is probably, this is what they're visiting you know, for. Um, and let's look at the little girl, and I know she, she's kind of small in this picture, um, but what do you see about her that gives you indication that she's not just sleeping? She's pale and lethargic, yeah. What else? Her limbs are really weak, right? They kind of limp like this. And what about, like, if you look at, like, her cheeks and stuff? Her, her cheeks look a little reddish, maybe. I don't know, from, from my perspective, I see, like, a little bit of pinkish or reddish. Or maybe, maybe in her forehead. So what does that suggest? Fever. Fever. Right, she's flush. She has a fever, right? So when you put all these things together, you know, you have someone in the 1890s, a kid who's kind of limp and pale and looks feverish and this kind of stuff, the, the obvious answer is most likely, I mean, it could be anything, but the most likely possibility in this particular thing is consumption. Now, there's another clue in this particular painting as to how weak she is, and I want you to see if you can find it. Very good. And it, well, back then, was it a Kleenex? Handkerchief. Right, that, exactly. So now it would be a Kleenex. But back then, she can't hold the handkerchief. So see, this is on the floor. It was in her hand that she dropped it down. Just to indicate, the, the painter indicated how weak this young lady was. Um, now, this, this is a trick question. And I love asking this question, but I think it's so super important. How many people are in this picture? There, there are three people in this picture. That's correct. Are there any more than three people in this picture? All right, so th see, th this, is, this is the whole point of why I show you this particular picture uh, as one of the early pictures I show you this quarter, is because, like I said last week, right, everything is not as it seems, right? We, we have to see more. We have to look deeper, and we have to look deeper quicker. 
right? So how many people are the obvious people? We have this person here. He's the doctor. Here's the child. Who else is in the picture? In the background, who's this? Probably dad. And who's next to dad? Mom. Can you guys all see mom? Okay. Mom is right over here. Mom has, has her head down on whatever desk or whatever. You see that? She has like a, a white thing around her hair. And what is he doing? What is dad doing? What is dad doing with mom? He's consoling her, right? He's got his hand on her shoulder like this, right? Can you see that now? So here's her, here's her shoulder and here's his hand right here, right? Purposely painted very, very much in the background to make you really think about what's happening in here. So there are some people who will look at this painting and they'll say, um, it's pretty negative. I get a grim feeling about this painting. But there are some people who look at this and get an, an opposite feeling. What, what makes someone, does anybody here think an opposite feeling, potentially? Yes? Because like the whole room is dark and then she's in the light. Very good. So she's in the light, right? This, 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 this lamp, which is probably like candle or kerosene or something, is shining on her. So you could look at it from two different directions, right? Uh, but I like to be more optimistic and think that, that she, there's hope in this picture. Um, and that's why he's sitting here thinking, thinking about something hopeful. Um, and you know, he's kind of saying, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. You know, kind of thing to his wife, right? But do you see how many clues you can get the more you look at this, right? So when you're sitting there examining that pediatric patient, that's what should be happening. As you're talking to the mom and or dad and the kids or kid, you should be, get, you should be gleaning this information. And as you're talking, it should start to become more and more apparent. So when you first, because you first glance at this painting, you only see two, you know, characters. And then you glance a little bit more, you see the third and then maybe the fourth you know, character. So I, I want you to, to think about that as you're, as you're in your examination, as you're doing each one of your analysis. You know, just because someone comes in with X complaint doesn't mean that's what's going on. Just because someone has, even just, just talking simply about back pain, and someone says, my back hurts, does that mean that the subluxation is going to be at their right SI joint? Right? No, just because I'm pointing to it doesn't mean that's where the subluxation is. Right? It could be left atlas, for all you know. It could be the feet. Who knows what the problem is, right? And that's what I want you to think about, is that as you're going through this, you know, these exercises we do every, every week, you know, I want you to start thinking, what else could it be? What else could it be? And start looking at the paintings quicker and quicker. And not quickly scanning, but looking deeper, right? So you, see the, you, you can see the, what, what's the, the obvious stuff, but I want you to start thinking about what's the not obvious stuff, because that's really the key in all this. And here's another painting. Another child and a mom, but from a bit different perspective, right? This is Pablo Picasso, right? My favorite artist. I did a report on him when I was in Spanish class in eighth grade, so I've grown to really love Picasso's work. Um, wh why does it look so weird? Why does Picasso's work look so weird? What's the point? It does force you to imagine, and w but what are we looking at? Like when we're looking at, like here's a child, does not look like an ordinary child, right? What are we looking at when we look at this child here, aside from all the interesting lines and stuff? Shades, Shades colors. Shades, colors, but, but how would we... More so like maybe their character. Maybe their character. Emotion they're experiencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, 
like when, when you're looking from at something like far away and you look at something close, what changes? Perspective. Perspective, right? What Pablo Picasso did, the reason he was such an amazing artist is not because he took cubism, which was kind of forming already, and really turned it on its head, but because he shows multiple perspectives in the same painting, right? And that was what's so amazing about his work. So when you're looking at, at this child as an example, you're not looking at the child just as we're looking at a photograph. Like the other painting, you know, from the 1890s, look, just, you can almost make that a photograph. It was so perfect, right? His are purposely imperfect because he wants to, to look at the perspectives. So like Aaron was saying, we see personality in this child, right? Um, if you look at the different angles, you see like here's maybe a happier side and here's more of a not happy, like a yin-yang you know, kind of a thing. We're, we're looking at different perspectives. Even with the mother, you know, this side of the mother is white and this side is dark. That's the, the different perspectives, the different ways of seeing things. So instead of just seeing things from the straight-on perspective, you have to go deeper inside. Right? You have to go deeper and look past the physicality. Right? So I can see you guys and I can see your faces and your eyes and stuff. But what I want you to think about when you're looking at a, a child, especially in your practice, and especially a child who has some sort of neurodevelopmental, you know, a behavioral sort of issue, is look past the obvious. Right? So one of my favorite examples I love talking about is this girl who came several years ago who was diagnosed with oppositional defiance disorder oppositional defiance disorder. And if you watched the girl with her mother, you would probably say this is oppositional defiance disorder because she was like, the, the two of them were just like back and forth and back and forth. And just, it, was, it was almost challenging just to be in the same room with the two of them because they were so negative against each other. And, and the younger lady, she was like 13, was so combative. But then when we started doing the examination with her, what I started realizing is that she couldn't follow simple directions. So even going down, like to say, uh, I want to test a, a certain reflex, and I said, can you go down on your hands and knees? She could not figure that out. Like going down on, like that's, to all of us, we said, okay, and we all just go down on hands and knees. And what would happen is she did this thing that her mom called opposition, but it, to the girl's mind, when she couldn't process something, what did she do is she laughed. So I said to the young lady, I said, I want you to go down, please, on your hands and knees. I'm going to test something. And she could, at like 10 different tries before we finally got it. And she's laughing the whole time. And the mom's saying, see, see, this is what she does all the time. All the time to me and her teachers. And, and I, I was like, she's laughing to myself. My brain's saying, this is not, the perspective I'm seeing is a very bright, very articulate young lady who seems super smart. So her <coughs> Right, the coping mechanism was the laughter. But to a psychologist, that doesn't look like coping. What does it look like? It looks like I'm being a snotty teenager, right, an oppositional teenager. So I said, that's very interesting. So I started doing some other tests with her eyes, just like simple tracking tests, and she was like cracking up hysterical because she could not follow the pen I was going back and forth with. And instead of like saying, like, I'm having a hard time doing this, her defense mechanism was to laugh. And I was like, see me? And I said, ma'am, you know what's happening with her? She is not oppositional. She is not processing. This young lady is not processing. So we're looking at the baby like this, who has these multiple sides. You know, here's one side, here's another side, here's another side, right? And the arms are sticking out in these weird directions. We can see that with Picasso. We can tell that there's multiple perspectives because he shows that to us, right? He's showing us multiple perspectives. But when you're looking at the child in front of you, you're not going to see that unless you go deeper, right? 
So just because someone has given a kid a label of ADHD or autism or oppositional defiance disorder or whatever you know, label it comes out as, the label may not be what's really happening. Now, they in fact might need the label to help them get services in the school. So I'm not necessarily saying to retract the label, right? Sometimes there is a benefit in this day and age. It's not what I'd like to see. But in this day and age, there might be a benefit to having a particular label so that the young person can get special services, which they might really need. However, they shouldn't define themselves as that, right? So when this young lady who's 13 realizes, you know, I may have this issue, and she certainly has a processing problem, but isn't it better to say I have a processing issue than I have an oppositional issue? So in her head, this girl changed before our eyes because we gave her permission that what she was doing was okay because I recognized that the laughter wasn't opposition. I recognized the laughter was a defense mechanism, right? And all these other specialists, right, couldn't recognize that, right? So I became the hero to this family, but it wasn't because of me and I have some special gift or whatever. It's because any of you guys could have, would have done the same thing with the same line of reasoning, right? But I want to show this to you because this is what you have to, this is what, what comes in, right? What, what's gonna come in is just like the doctor, the, the, the sick child that just showed you the first painting. It's completely obvious, you can see everything going on. But then, number one, you gotta look deeper. You have to look at the background and see what's going on there, like those two other people were in, in that painting that you didn't see right away. And then number two is you have to look at the different perspectives and see, am I missing something? Is, something, is there something more? Is there something way more and way more important than whatever diagnosis that they came in with. So a question about sure. So the, the child is 